0: Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. These podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 30 is entitled Democracy and a Need for God. Democracy depends upon a universal belief in the existence of absolute law. When the laws of man become relative to majority opinion rather than to divine revelation, Then the democratic republic will fall, and in its place will be a rusty form of totalitarianism. Those who live under absolute dictatorship spend the majority of their time surviving, trying to escape the heavy hand of tyranny. In Poland, according to Czeslaw Milo, wearing a tie was a political statement. To survive in any totalitarian state, whether slavery, political prison, socialism, or communism, one's attention is drawn toward the state. The state becomes a demigod, and idol worship is encouraged, the idol being the state or the head of state. A primary fear of totalitarianism is education. Keeping captives under the slavery of indoctrination and ignorance is better than chains and whips and cat-of-nine-tails. In a dictatorship where power is the primary goal, religion must either be embodied in the ruler and used as a weapon of fear, or it must be suppressed. As the Tsars of Russia learned, you cannot have two eagles. In a republic, religion must be protected by the state, but never recruited by the state as a weapon of war. Religion must be a matter of personal conscience, not a force of tyranny. Belief in the true and living God must be voluntarily practiced by the majority of the people, not dictated by law. Government must protect the freedom of conscience of the people without ever becoming the conscience of the people. It is a delicate balance. When the majority of people quit living the golden rule voluntarily, they will quickly fall under the iron rule of unjust laws dictated by the conscience of a few and unequally distributed by those in power. Political correctness, a form of religious conscience, is just such a threat to American democracy. Another threat to our republic is unequal distribution of laws. Those in power will change laws to remain in power, and soon laws begin to favor one group over another, and all freedom is lost. The greatest danger sign that a country has fallen into totalitarianism is when the lawmakers exclude themselves from the laws they create and grant special privileges to others. They rule by tribalism and bribery. That is the beginning of the end of majority rule and liberty as we know it. A third threat to our republic is the rise of aristocracy. Any aristocracy is anathema to a democratic republic. The aristocracy of old Europe froze people into permanent classes and suppressed individualism. But at least it was governed by traditions which imposed certain obligations on the ruling class and provided some safety for the ruled. Aristocracy built on pride, as bad as it is, is nothing to the evil of an aristocracy built on hatred as we saw in the horrors of the french revolution the communist revolutions the rise of nazism and the rise of fascism just such an aristocracy is gaining power in america today in their drive for power the liberal left feed the fires of hatred two things must occur for them to succeed first they must divide the people into tribes convincing each tribe that they have always been oppressed and the liberal left will be their saviors second To control the tribes they must have a common enemy that is why they created the term white supremacy particularly white male supremacy to satisfy both women and all people of color a common enemy unites the tribes and focuses their hatred away from the real oppressors themselves the threat must be painted to be so evil that the tribes are willing to give up their vote give up their sovereignty give up their freedom, give up their liberty to their saviors in exchange for security. The left promises to socialize everything, medicine, housing, education, food, transportation, and so on. They promise to create equality. It is quid pro quo. I will guarantee your success if you give up your soul to the state. Beneath the royal raiment, all totalitarianism is alike. The more beautiful the vestment, the more poisonous the viper. The fallout is egregious. In an atmosphere of absolute tyranny, subterranean tyrannies arise like dust devils in an open field and terrorize in the shadows, their brutality protected by bribes. The day will come when the righteous will have to join forces or live in individual terror from all fronts. A republic can exist upon one principle only, a universal belief in the principle that God alone creates equality and a universal belief in the absolute nature of the laws of our Creator. The argument over whether atheists are as moral as theists or theists as moral as atheists is not relevant, where good and bad are defined by majority rule rather than divine edict. In a relative world, everything is moral according to the mood of the moment. Hitmen in the mafia had no conscience against serial killing, torture, or extortion, but struggled with guilt when forced to betray their leaders. A rat was seen as evil. A killer was seen as good because it fit the criminal code. In countries where codes of conduct are influenced by collective opinion rather than by divine revelation, anything goes. Where people connect their conscience to active codes rather than to Christ-like virtues, then freedom which relies upon absolute virtues will be as unstable as the sliding ethics of those in power. Our liberty is dissolving because we are losing our belief in God and the nature of absolute law. For example, in our society today, abortion is defined as a virtue by most liberals, a sin by most Christians, and a violation of the right to life by most conservatives. All see themselves as virtuous. Meanwhile, respect for human life dwindles into definition of terms. Killing a baby would be horrendous, whereas killing medical tissue, no matter what form that medical tissue is in, whether first term, second term, or third term, is a procedure, a medical procedure abortion horrifies some whereas cancellation neutralization nullification or avoidance leave no emotional scars for virtue is no longer considered as absolute in a society that does not believe that the ten commandments were delivered to moses on mount sinai then virtue becomes widely debated permit me to illustrate this with a tall tale i once heard there's a story of a murder trial held in west texas in the town of sweetwater The victim had been shot photos of the bloody corpse prated before the jurors the murderer admitted to the killing with pride and the trial proceeded the prosecuting attorney presented an airtight case but the defense attorney remained silent finally the accused at the defense attorney's insistence took the stand the defense attorney asked the defendant point-blank did he kill the man the defendant described the murder in gory detail to a mesmerized courtroom How he shot the man in cold blood and afterward went to church and taught Sunday school. The prosecuting attorney, rose and faced the killer confident of a conviction. The prosecutor made a deadly mistake, however, the worst of his career. He looked the murderer dead in the eye with a kind of self-righteous indignation. He asked, why did you kill the victim? The defendant put his Bible down, which he had been reading, and faced the Texas jury. He said simply, without elaboration, he needed killing. The jury gasped. There was a moment of stunned silence. The prosecutor, who was from New York and unused to Texas justice, looked confused. Suddenly, judge, jury, and courtroom all leaped to their feet and said in unison, Not guilty. (laughs) The judge called for silence. The courtroom hushed. Ignoring the prosecutor, who was speechless, the judge turned to the defense attorney and said, I have a good mind to fine you for introducing new evidence that was not made known to the court you have wasted this court's time. Case dismissed. The old Texas joke above, which I embellish considerably, is not too far from reality. Each follows his or her own ethical code regardless of the facts. However, it is more likely that a theist will remain true to the absolute code established by God, thus guaranteeing continuity, while the atheist is more likely to modify his code according to the slighting ethics of political correctness. It is the code that changes, not the moral dedication of its disciples. When morality is not based on absolute law, it takes on the flavor of the moment, making the majority of the people moral in the eyes of the law, but immoral in the eyes of God. When all absolute morals are denied and a country adopts the sliding values of a corrupt society, neither atheist nor theists will be able to stand. They will be caught in the avalanche, and good and evil will be turned upside down in only a few generations. A land of liberty must voluntarily recognize the laws of nature and the laws of God. If people do not voluntarily discipline themselves to live a moderate and moral life based on unchangeable values, liberty cannot stand, because for self-protection, when violence erupts, laws will multiply. Those in power will impose their will over those not in power. The number of police will increase, jails will increase, and restrictions will be enforced. The great value of a highly immoral society is that virtue is the law and conscience is the constabulary. The strength of a democratic republic is not in the power of its police force. The strength of a democratic republic is in the power of the self-imposed virtue of the majority of the people. When the majority choose evil, then the laws are changed to accommodate evil, and downfalls liberty. The good will be punished and perhaps imprisoned, and the bad will run amuck in the streets, rioting and looting and luxuriating in the self-righteousness of corrupted virtue, while they curse the good and glorify the evil. Their conscience drugged to uneasy euphoria by the consent and murmur of the merry multitudes. How often, however, has a night of drunkenness led to the dawn of regret? Fear brings its own reprisal. The rulers, unfettered by the rule of law, impose the iron hand of unlimited power, and what before was winked at now becomes the enemy. A police state emerges in the new world order where the rights of the many are dictated by the power of the few. A society that does not account for the absolute law of nature and the absolute laws of God will lose its liberty. Liberty relies upon just laws. One of the best-kept secrets of the Bible is this. All laws of God lead to liberty. In fact, James calls the Ten Commandments the law of liberty. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.